This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bong. I bet you think you're pretty cool. <laughs> Always, James. Oh. Always. Hello, it's suggestible time again. My name is. As he so my man is having drink. a brewski. <laughs> He's opening it's my his... bloody fifth for the day. Am I right? <laughs> He's having a sugar-free cola. Nothing. Oh no, sugar-free no, orange a, I'm one. Having a brewski. Who knows? You're interrupting my intro of the show, I James. I apologise. Sorry if my drinking a brewski is getting in the yeah. way of that. Just regular normal man <laughs> stuff that I'm doing over here. He's not, you're getting odder as you get older. Disagree. I don't know if you know this about you. It's getting worse. Yeah, I should hang out with more people. <laughs> you really should. Anyway, my name is Claire. Tonti James Clement is here. Also, we are married. We recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. And, uh, yeah, it's just, well, that's the show. James goes, I go. We argue a bit. Sometimes he drinks a drink, sometimes he does a burp. Depends how many brewskis I've had. Claire, would you like to go first? Before you go first, have you read Project Hail Mary, the book that you said you read? Okay, so absolutely not. All right, listen. Enough of this. I can't. Enough of this. I know. Back out. So many. No, I can't back out. Then pick a date because this is just going to go on forever. Okay. And I hate that. I hate a recurring date. I know. Dude, pick a you date. Love America. Pick a I date. Can't. As you know, time is a construct. You can pick a, a year from now. I find time, time really is not hard. a construct. Time is construct. I will find a day where I'll just read it. That's just the, that's the way I am. No, you the pick day a date. Will come, pick the a universe, date. The stars pick a date. will align, and pick I will just read it. Pick a date. I'm not picking pick a date. date. You can't force me pick to do anything. Pick one. Starting, starting pick any date. Really annoying. Pick any date. It could be ten years from now. Pick a date. Fine. I will read it by the twentieth of February, twenty twenty-five. Everybody mark that down. <laughs> All right? That's in like three years. Doesn't two matter. Years, two years. It's good to have a hard date. That means it's I over. It like, makes me feel cornered and stressed with a hard date. All right. It's done. It's up. Collings, it mark that in your, your calendar you probably have. <laughs> yeah, his robotic mind. That's right. He'll he's lodged it in there he somewhere. Yeah. He knows exactly. He'll probably email me on the exact date. But I'll have read it before then. No, you won't. All right. I'll I'm not going to bring you. it up again. I've been appreciating the people who have been reminding me on Twitter to do it. I'm Thank not going to bring it up again. I'm not going to bring it up again. You'll hear from me in 2025. <laughs> Please continue with your Fine. first recommendation. Well, I have to read a book for work. I'm interviewing Holly Ringland and it's a big interview, so I have to read her book. You're interviewing Long. Molly Ringworm. I'm not talking. You don't understand. She's a brilliant author. It's happening on Friday and I have to read her book by then. It's okay. very stressful. Anyway. Molly Ringworm sounds like an animated <laughs> character from an 80s like – Sex education class. Hi, I'm Molly Ringworm. In this scenario, are you imagining her? It's not her name. Are you imagining Molly Ringworm to be a ringworm? Well, a ringworm isn't actually a worm. What is it? It's like a. It's like athlete's foot. It's like a. It's like a fungus. It's like a. It's like a. Like a. Like a circular. Like um. Like a welt. 
No, it's like a, not even. A rash. Like, a, like a small eczema. Mm. Yeah. That's fun. A small Good to eczema. Know. I'm having a sugar-free ginger beer. Nobody cares, Claire. Crack a brewski <laughs> with me. Just I have already. Let's cheers. We've, have never, a, no. we've never done that on Suggestion right. before. No, you have to look at each other in the eye. It's bad it's sex with seven years or something. Is it? I well, that's hate- what happened then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, everyone? I always hate that tradition. Okay, here's one of the many reasons why I'm considering whether or not I have ADHD. And one of them is eye contact. I find eye contact excruciating. I don't know how long to look for, look into someone's <laughs> eyes for. I don't know if I should. I don't know if and, – and then if I do, I really lock in and then I can't look away and I'm really asking lots of questions. Otherwise, I just avoid it altogether. I find it really incredibly difficult. And one of the things I find difficult is there's that tradition where if you don't cheers – and you have your curse with seven years bad sex. So Not some people, thing, when yeah, they do cheers, stare at you because they think it's like a superstition thing, and they really look you in the eye. Oh, okay, yeah. And, yeah. and but other people don't do it, and I don't understand when to do it or not to do it. Just don't look at anybody in the eyes. I reckon social, we shouldn't have to. Niceties are really confusing. Also, how when do you hug someone? Versus when you high five them, when you shake their hand, when you just do a weird shoulder raise, I have no idea. And at what point in someone's friendship do you move from hugging them or like just like waving at them to hugging them? Um, Some people like kiss on their cheek and then they hug. How do you know? And then do you hug them every time you see them? Exactly. How do you know? And then is it weird if you don't hug them? I don't know. And then COVID happened and then we were elbowing and for the love of God, I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. Look, I don't know, man. I don't hug anybody unless someone goes to hug me. Yeah, I know, but I like hugging people. Mm. I'm a real hugger. Yeah, that's fine. You can hug me if you want, once a week. (laughs) I hug you a lot, but you always – I get a time allocation. (laughs) I'm like, I have to ask permission, which is also important. Ask with consent. You say yes. I hug you for the allocated time and then you're like – not true. All right, good. You're done. This is not true. <laughs> I can sense you. You're like, how long is this having to go No, for? that's you. That's you're on you. are ticking it down in your head. Absolutely not. Do you know what, what makes me giggle a lot? The fact that our daughter is a little like me yeah. and likes to hug and she will often ask to give our son a kiss and a hug and he will always say no. <laughs> <laughs> and because I'm teaching them about boundaries, I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. He, does, and then she always tries to anyway and I say, no, mm. you cannot. That's good. He said no. Yeah. I cannot imagine a scenario where someone would ask to hug me and I would say no. I really? Uh, yes. I could think of so many <laughs> examples of times I would not hug a person. <laughs> I know, but yeah, you're right, actually. There are quite a few. Is <laughs> when you hug a person, right? Yeah. This is the rule, I okay. think, generally. Okay. I don't know. When you see him in, seeing him day to day, maybe you're doing a school pickup, maybe you catch up, we uh, run into a friend in the street, whatever, who you see often. You don't have to hug them. But if you make, if you're going to see someone you don't often see, you're not seeing them every day. Give them a hug if they're a close friend. If you invite people around who maybe you do see every day to like an event or whatever, everyone's dressed up having a good time, maybe give them a hug maybe. All right. Actually, that's that's good yeah. That's good advice. But there are some people in my life, I would say someone like a Nick Mason, never hug me. There's not a hugger. We, he hates handshaking too. Yeah. I never literally. He hates handshaking um, me. Whenever he? I do it, he's like, stop doing that. <laughs> he hates it. He's like, oh, I don't like this. I have never handshook or hugged Nick Mason. Never. Really? Because I respect his boundaries. <laughs> I know. I know what he's like. Yeah. He just doesn't like that and that's cool. Fair enough. So I wave at him. Maybe he's lonely. Maybe you should ask him. Maybe I should. Maybe he wants a hug. <laughs> Maybe he thinks the same <laughs> well, thing Well, there you go. You. Maybe I should check in with Nick Maso yeah. and see what he reckons. I agree. He often sees me in my pajamas because, yeah. you know, he comes at all times of night. He certainly does. Anyway. Okay. Shall we move along? Yes. Shall we move on to my recommendation? What is it? 
I'm really excited about this and I think you'll be really interested in it too. It is a podcast called How to Fail with Elizabeth Day. Now, I've talked about this podcast before. Elizabeth Day is an author and a journalist. She's written a book most recently called Magpie, which was excellent. And I was that one? Did you recommend it? Yeah, I recommended it ages ago. It's kind of a dark thriller with a twist about a woman who um, meets a man and becomes pregnant to his baby. Pregnant to his baby. She becomes pregnant to his baby. So (laughs) annoying. But then it starts to become apparent that he's becoming very distant and she's not sure why and she gets very confused. And there's another protagonist who, no, there is a magpie at the beginning. It's a literal magpie. Can I? Sorry, go (laughs) on. That goes, ah! Yeah, in it, yes. He's so distant. He always flies away. What's his secret? (laughs) Oh, he's a magpie. The other character suffers from infertility in the the book and, yeah, maybe that's because she's dating magpie. It is not. It happens to all of us. It does. Who knows? Anyway, and actually infertility is not to be joked about because it's a really incredibly difficult, painful thing to be going through. Anyway, mm. that's what the story is about because Elizabeth Day herself is still trying to become a parent and she's right. in her 40s now and she's been really public and very open and generous in sharing her story to try and go through IVF and all the different channels to become a mother. So yeah, right. she's an incredible human and her podcast, How to Fail, is Excellent. She's a very good friend of Dolly Alderton, who is another one of my favourite writers of all time, who also happens to create incredible Spotify playlists, may I say, on the old Spotify. Oh, wow. Follow Dolly Alderton. Her playlists are always excellent and her show, Everything I Know About Love, as I've talked about before, was brilliant. Anyway, I want to talk about a particular How to Fail episode. This one is the most recent one with Gina Davis. Love Gina Davis. Big fan. Oh, she's brilliant. And I'd never, I mean, I've always loved her in everything, right? Like she's in, like Tootsie. I love that movie. She's in Tootsie? She's in Tootsie, yeah. And she tells the story actually in the episode. Oh, it's a really good movie. It's Dustin Hoffman. Oh, you I know, know the story it is, of yeah, it. Know, yeah. So the thing about this episode and in How to Fail in general, Elizabeth Day always asks three for three failures. And so the person who's being interviewed will always share three failures. But Gina Davis starts off by sharing some really interesting insights. And one of them was actually from the film Tootsie. That was her breakout movie. She was a model previously. Yeah, right. Because she knew that in order to get into the industry, she had to go through a particular channel. So she decided to be a model and then get through that particular pathway. And what's interesting too is that she was a really odd kid and didn't really fit in and didn't understand why. And people always thought she was very strange and she tells the story about how she went to Sweden for a year because she was offered an exchange over there when she was very young right. in her teen years and her parents just let her go. And back in, what, the 70s or something, earlier than that probably, they didn't have email and all of that stuff. So she spoke to her parents like a couple of times a year while she was there <laughs> and she just learned fluent Swedish and now she can speak Swedish. Huh. Fluently, I guess that'll find, do it, wouldn't it? Yeah, she went to high school in Sweden, in Swedish. Anyway, in the story from Tootsie is so interesting. Apparently Dustin Hoffman and the whole cast were amazing and really cool and it was her breakout role so she was a complete unknown. But clearly yeah. Gina Davis, she's just got so much star quality. It's ridiculous. She was in The Long Kiss Goodnight. She was. She was in that baseball movie. She was. She was that of our own. show where she was the president or something. Yes, yeah, she was. Which interestingly, they interviewed people after that show where she was the president and people were 56 percent more likely to vote for a female president after that. I would absolutely believe which that. Which is so interesting. People, it's, like, it's like an Easter egg. People love recognising a thing and they're yeah. like, I recognise a woman as president. Exactly. They think the same thing about the guy who was president in 24, the show 24, led the way for Barack Obama. 
Not completely. Yeah, it's so interesting, yeah, right? I, I, and I'm not saying that he's solely responsible for that. He's like, it's like a fraction. You know yeah, I mean? but the research is there. And actually, interestingly, in her latter years, Gina Davis founded the Gina Davis Institute, which I've talked about before on Tons, where they look at. Sending people over to Sweden or whatever <laughs> for a year on their own. <laughs> Correct, and studying them. No, it's about gender roles in film. Oh, okay. And she started the Institute because when she became a parent, she realized that all the kids' movies were so heavily skewed male. Yeah. Even in terms of like kids' shows. And what impact that has, like if you see a female president on screen, you're more likely to see that in real life. And she said, overall, if it happens on screen, it can happen in real life and most likely will because people are like familiar with something. And so she said the gender disparity is so stark that that's obviously, you know, giving us unconscious bias about gender roles and all that stuff. She's amazing. She's also an Olympic level archer. What? Yes. In her 40s, she became an Olympic level archer. Yes. Oh, no, I did know that. Yeah. Yeah, That's crazy. Oh, crazy. Anyway, I want to tell you this story that she tells on the podcast about Tootsie. So Dustin Hoffman was apparently so lovely to her on set and um, gave her lots of really great advice. She was starting out her Uh, career. Okay. Yep. Oh, he's had some allegations. <laughs> no, <laughs> really? Apparently. Anyway, so Gina Davis in this episode anyway tells the story of how he gave her some advice that if she's going to come up against like guys who are going to be creepy or hit on her or whatever, yeah. the line okay. she should use is that what did he say to her? He said, I that I couldn't possibly because I don't want to ruin the sexual chemistry that we have on screen. Oh, and okay. apparently she famously then used that when Jack Nicholson rang her out of the blue after she'd had dinner with him one time and said, hey, Gina, how about it? When are we going to catch up? And she used that line from Dustin Hoffman and it worked a treat. Man, yeah, Jack Nicholson, who knew? Who of all people. Who knew? I know, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and also what's interesting too is that she talks a lot about the Me Too movement in this episode Mm. and particularly about how much it meant to her because she'd come from this kind of idea that you just play nice and you're always nice to everyone and she was raised that way. And it's also really fascinating to think about even in terms of being able to articulate how much you made and how much your co-stars made and the je- the disparity in wages and actually being able to publicly say that. Absolutely, yeah. um, And she tells a story about Warren Beatty actually, which is pretty, which oh, is yeah. not so great either. Oh, I'd love to hear that actually. Give so, me up, like the abridged version. Yeah. So when she was, she, just after she split with her husband, Jeff Goldblum. So Oh, they were married. Yeah, were they? they were married. Okay. Yeah, she said that she speaks really highly of him. Anyway. Mm. They well, were, I don't have any she, stories about him. No, okay. Well, Warren Beatty <laughs> apparently bumped into her and found out that she just split up with him and he said, oh, that's such a shame. I always thought you guys were such a great couple. I mean, I remember I got in a lift with you guys once and I was looking at you and thinking they're such a great couple. I won't even fuck her. Just like that. <laughs> like what? Well, he's like a notoriously like he's a bit of a root rat, that bloke, and a bad dude uh, by all accounts. Just a real ladies' man, and by that I mean a creep. Well, exactly, and that's what Gina Davis said. Like there's so many layers to that because obviously he was trying to be nice. Like he thought he was being nice. Yeah, And just the assumption that it was up to him whether or not they slept together and that he was being nice was like, you know, going out of his way not to have sex with her. Yeah. (laughs) It's just. What what an absolute gentleman. I know. It's the kind of respect you don't get anymore. God, so gross, hey? Anyway. Just. 
Stop, Warren Beatty, and stop trying to make a Dick Tracy movie. No one wants that anymore. <laughs> no. Um, just before we finish about this episode, the other reason I love it so much is that at the end of the episode, Gina Davis talks about how she's been diagnosed with ADD. Oh, okay. And there is so much that she talks about in this episode that I resonate with. Like I can't mm. even explain because she did. She obviously, you look at her and you think she's had this incredible career. She's done so well. She did, she's so tall. She's so tall. She has athletic. She did really well at school and all of that stuff. She has a brother called Dan Davis. Well, apparently. there you go. But a couple of the things that really made a lot of sense to me, and it kind of really broke my heart in a way. She talked about how it was fine at school when she could cram. So whenever she could kind of cram just beforehand, it was fine. She would get straight A's. But as soon as she had to do a project where there was sort of long-term planning involved Uh, and you had to do it over an extended period of time, and that made me think about year 12 and how I did really well through school because I could fly by the seat of my pants and do things with adrenaline. But once you had to do something like maths methods where it's a long-term project and you can't just cram, there's just No. no way you can do it. I just would, things would start to fall over for me. And I didn't do terribly at school, but I tried so hard and had so much ability and Mm. couldn't get there. And she talked about how her whole life there'd be things where like, for instance, she just could never start something or not finish things or like she forgot to order dining room chairs for her dining room table and her boyfriend broke up with her because he thought that was strange or her house was a mess or whatever. And she talks about how acting was so perfect for her because in in another in other normal sort of you know regular brain life having to learn lines at that kind of level when there's hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line is incredibly stressful but to her to have those high stakes meant that she was forced to learn the lines because yes. part of ADD is about dopamine and getting you don't have enough of it and so you need to do bigger and scarier things to get the same amount of dopamine that a regular person would right and so it actually suited her really well because she was forced to learn those lines yeah, because okay. the stakes were so high. And that's why a lot of people who are creatives have that often do have ADD or ADHD. And it, anyway, I just found it so fascinating and moving and interesting and she's so lovely and funny and warm in this episode. So highly recommend. Cool. Okay. Gina Davis in the podcast. Correct. It's all linked below. Collings always does that. You cannot fault him for that even if you wanted to. <laughs> I dare you to. I dare you, You Claire. couldn't. Mm. All right. Well, I'm going to recommend something I actually have talked about a few years ago. It's called Avenue 5, but now it's season two, Claire, if you oh. don't mind me saying so. So this is created by Armando Giovanni Iannucci, who uh, also was one of the minds behind Veep. Alan Partridge, have you ever seen Alan Partridge? No. It's like an on-running, it was like a long-running, not even long-running, it's pretty limited actually, British series, it became a movie, it's been multiple things. Uh, and The Thick of It, I don't know if you've ever seen The Thick of It, the political yes, British that. thriller. Anyway, so this one is an uh, American HBO produced series where a spaceship, a cruise liner, it's stuck in space years from Earth, okay? So basically what happened in the first season, uh, the, the, there was a meteor shower and it's basically like, you know, like a, like a, like a, a, a big, Cruisana. You know, like you go on a cruise and, you, and everybody sits around and mm-hmm. gets fed lobster or whatever happens. I don't yes, know. Yes, I don't, yes. I've never been on one and I don't want to. <laughs> but um, it's that, but it's in space. Uh-huh. So you've got like the passengers who are, are like rich and entitled and, you know, are being waited on mm-hmm. hand and foot. You've got the staff that hate them also in addition. And also when you're finding out you're stranded in space and there's limited resources, that dynamic is obviously going to shift. And on top of that, the crew who's in charge of everything is is not good. The one guy who was in charge was killed in the start of the very first season. And the crew that mans the bridge 
you know, when you go up there and everyone's at a, at a console and a panel, it's, this is all real in the first season. It's fake. And all the real stuff is like underneath. They've got this fake, like this, mo- this basically like a group of models who stand around and like pretend to press buttons as like people come through. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. For, like, for like tours. And uh, Hugh Laurie is the captain and he's, and he's got an American accent and he wears like this, this beautiful wig and he's all, you know, dressed up nicely. But you soon discover as well in the first season that he is a, he's a hired actor. He's just the face to walk around and, and talk to everybody and act captainly. But he's like bald, he wears the wig and he's also British. So like they find out he's British and they're like, yuck, we hate that. <laughs> and he's great. He's very, very funny. It also stars uh, Lenora Critchlow, Zach Woods, Josh Gad. Um, a few people you probably recognize from Veep as well. I think so. It's really like it's absurdist and it's like people's dumbest responses and reactions and impulses to like dire scenarios. You know, it's like the worst of kind of humanity in one place. Even the people who sort of know what they're doing don't really know what they're doing. It's very much, again, like it is in the vein of Veep with like a, this, like these sci fi elements. And, you know, everybody is terrible and nobody knows anything. And it's like a. It's probably a metaphor for society, how it barely functions with everybody kind of running around into each other and everybody's a moron and, and whatever. And it's great. It's really funny. Uh, it's, got, it's happening week to week at the moment. I, I'd highly recommend it if you feel like, do you like Red Dwarf, Claire? No. Okay, so that was also <laughs> a Red Dwarf episode of Suggestible that we just did just then. Uh, it's, there's a bit of, there's elements of that. Okay. Um, but it's it's really it's really good. I really like it. You awesome. don't need to be a sci-fi fan to like it either. It's cool. like it could just be on a ship, you know, if that yeah. makes sense. What's yeah. it called again? It's called Avenue Five. Avenue Five. Josh Gad, very funny in it as well. Well, everybody's very funny. Yeah, in it, but, he's um, great. He's so great as yeah. well. He's like an Elon Musk type. He's got this like long blonde hair, and he's like financed everything, but he's a buffoon. I say Elon Musk type because obviously Elon Musk isn't like that. He's normal. Anyway, Ma- uh, Mason, Claire, why don't you tell me? <laughs> you went on a rant for like 30 minutes the other day just about Elon Musk. Actually, not the just the other day. No, just in the kitchen. Yeah. There was a day where every time I saw you because we <laughs> bump into each other while we're living in the house obviously and working, you would just rant at me about Elon Musk. Just like a random fact. and then It wasn't it a rant. Descend. It was more a celebration of people being like, hey, this guy's an idiot. And I'm like, yeah, he <laughs> I've is. I've been saying it for many a moon. Yeah. Oh, well, I there talked you go. about you on the show validated. as well. I'm um, sure uh, my other most successful podcast, I'm sure people are sick of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Can I move along to my second one? Depends what it is, Claire. All right, I'll get one veto a year. Let's see what it is. Oh, okay. It's a musician. I veto this. (laughs) We're ending the show. 
it's all over, no, Rover. What do you got? I have an artist called Jacob Collier, who I am actually going to see in a couple of weeks live. <gasps> what, I'm like so excited. Yes, oh, this is man. my announcement. I'm leaving you oh, for Jacob no. Collier. I can't born believe you did in 1994. Like, oh, what? <laughs> I can't believe young. you did this on the podcast and we released it. <laughs> How awkward oh. for everyone. I know, but good content. I think it's great content. People will be talking about this. Anyway, let me talk about him quickly. So he's an English singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist, and mm. his music incorporates a combination of jazz with elements from other musical genres. Jazz, and jazz, often jazz. It, jazz. He's a jazz man. I always think about that whenever I hear the word jazz from Sex and the City. Kerry dates a guy called the Jazz Man. I remember the Jazz Man. And then man. Big, who I know is awful and terrible, but also I just says it in a really funny way in the episode. He's like, ooh, he's a Jazz Man. The jazz. Kerry loves a Jazz Man. He sucks. So funny. Yeah, he does. Anyway, moving right along to Jacob Collier. So um, his music often features extensive use of reharmonization and close harmony. Ooh. He's also known for his energetic live performances in which he often conducts the audience to sing multiple part harmonies or percussion. Oh, okay. He's like a sprite kind of frolicking all around the stage. And it's just, it's so beautiful. Sort of how his career began was in 2012, his split screen video covers of popular songs such as Stevie Wonder's Don't You Worry About a Thing began to go viral on YouTube. Okay. Um, and then in 2014, he signed with management and then they began to work with him um, from there. So he's then since released a debut album in my room, which he recorded, arranged, performed and produced himself in his, the back room of his family home in Finchley, North London. And he's also been awarded a Grammy award for his arrangements of Flintstones and you and I. So, and um, he's just Flintstones? gone. Yeah. The Flintstones. Okay. Yeah. But he's, I can't explain it. You just kind of have to go and watch his YouTube stuff. It's just He's so talented, great, cool. and so I mean, interesting, sounds, sounds and really kind nice. of like he's a lovely person, like, and like kind of scrawny looking, and really just like ethereal and awesome. I can see why he'd want to go on a date with this man. <laughs> yeah, it's just he's so clever, and and also just so full of joy, and I just I love him so. As I obviously, because I'm leaving you for him, so there we go. <laughs> Well, let's just see how it goes first, all right? Let's not let's not put your chickens before they hatch. Yeah, right? let's not send the birds home to roost. Mm. Um, yeah, so he even won a Granny Award in 2021 for He Won't Hold You from the third volume, Jesse, volume three. So, look, he's wonderful. Jacob Collier, he's coming to Melbourne. It's probably already sold out, but um, I'm so excited. He's brilliant and just go on YouTube and fall in love. Ma- what? Okay. What? All I'm right. joking. I am I'll actually joking. I'll fall in love. Okay, over to Are you. Are you actually joking? No, oh, I'm joking. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, so I've got one more recommendation for this week, and it is a movie which mm. I thoroughly enjoyed called Emily the Criminal. It was written by and directed by uh, in his debut film with John Patton Ford. It stars Aubrey Plaza in the lead, who's great. You know Aubrey Plaza? Yes. Yes, great. Uh, Theo Rossi. Gina Gershon, among others. So saddled with student debt and unable to find work, a college graduate becomes involved in a credit card scam, acting as a dummy shopper and buying increasingly risky products with stolen credit cards. So she's working minimum wage job. She's drowning in debt, as mentioned. She needs money to survive. She gets an opportunity to basically go to this, like, this weird kind of warehouse. They basically give you credit cards. You go out, purchase things, come back, and they sell the items. Mm. Onwards, it's a very organised like operation. There's a lot of money in it. It's obviously illegal, and so it starts off where, again, 
just doing minor bits of shopping and then it escalates. They're like, okay, if you're really into this, can you go get this car for us? Can you, you know, and it goes on and on. And so she gets more and more involved in this, in this criminal organization. And it, it is a story of like, like desperation and I guess opportunity, because oftentimes, you know, people who are doing crime, it's, they're often a, a victim of circumstance. It's like, because their options are, you know, work a job where you don't have enough to live on, you know what I mean? Or to support your family or even yourself, or, you know, you, 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 t- you roll the dice on, you know, doing something, you know, like this, for example. And so it's about, you know, it, it's about survival. But she gets, like, caught up in this and she gets in over her head, like, quite a bit. There are moments where it's, it feels very much like Uncut Gems in moments. I don't know if you ever saw Uncut Gems on Netflix with Adam Sandler. Um, yes, I very, did Very, very harrowing, yeah. very good. He's excellent in that. Yeah, Gosh, he's really he's good. So yeah, he's a, he's a very talented person despite his... Movies, yeah. most of his movies, but he knows that he knows it's like exactly. the Rock, James. No, because <laughs> The Rock has never made a fantastic movie, and Adam Sandler has. Mm. So um, there's still time, The Rock. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm with you, Claire. Let's not fall down the rabbit hole. It's The Rock and Elon Musk. That's my two people. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, as well, when she's put in like a like a scenario, what's good and surprising is that she can often flip it. Like she's not like a violent person. But she's smart and she knows about the people that who she's going up against are just other low-level criminals. So if somebody's like, I know where you live, she's like, if she like gets the upper hand, she'd be like, well, now I know where you live and you need to be watching out <laughs> for me. Like it's it's things like that. And it just it just like wildly es- escalates it like throughout the movie, the relationship that she has with Theo Rossi, who's in this who played Shades in um uh, on, a, on a Marvel Netflix show, he's really good as well. Again, it's got that uncut vibes kind of gem, but with a person who's kind of less openly terrible than that, like Adam Sandler in that movie. Who's not even openly terrible. He's again, he's just kind of he's making, he's trying to make the best of his shitty life. It's available to rent a bunch of places. I really liked it. You should watch it. You should watch it. It's good. Okay, it's really great actually. Oh. And, and she's amazing. Aubrey Plaza. Just really good and everything. I'll probably talk about it later uh, in another week, but she's in the new season of White Lotus, oh, well, which you should I watch. I haven't got um, there yet which either. Which I'm enjoying at the moment. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, it's good. All right. I need to – do you know what's happened to me? I've fallen down a giant music rabbit hole and I just – I don't do anything other than work on music. Mm. Well, Claire, I take this <laughs> podcast seriously, so I branch out. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be organising myself so I'm like, oh, I'll watch Avenue 5, a comedy Oh, then I watch a drama. You know what I mean? That's what oh, I like to do. Just because you've got I space such an it organized out. brain. Yeah, I got my brain. It's so organized. No, I just watch so much stuff. Yeah. So I I'm know. like, what, did I, what have I watched? All right, what have I got? I'm here? just out of the loop. Does that ever happen to you? Well, not really, because it's not in your job. But like, I, because I'm reading stuff for work and then I'm listening to podcasts to get ideas for that. And then I'm mainly just listening to music and yeah, definitely. music out stuff. I've just fallen out of the loop of any TV or film films. Yep. I mean, not so much for me because I kind of have to do that. But oh, okay. I also fall out of the loop because even though it's my job to watch, like, not everything, but a lot of things, I, it's just very hard to keep up. And I, I don't know how people would do it who have an actual job. <laughs> it was my <laughs> yeah. job to, like, watch stuff. And I'm like, there's too much stuff to watch. There's so, so many much things stuff. to read it's and so watch. It's so overwhelming, yeah. isn't it, to know I know. What a terrible existence I have. <laughs> Just consuming content yeah, endlessly. Everyone feels sorry And then being like, it was all right. But you know <laughs> what okay. I love about the people who consume this podcast? What? I love when they Ooh. leave a review. Just like Ooh. Whale Hotching has done. 
And this person has just done it in app and given it a five star, which you don't have See? to, but obviously is preferable. And if you give it any less than that, I will not be reading it out on the shelf. Fucking tell you that much. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this is uh, predictive text review. So while watching just typed in suggestible pod is, and this is the predictive outcome. Okay. Mm. Suggestible pod is the most common method of storing and restoring the pod for a variety of or other purposes in the same manner that you are storing and restoring pods for the purpose you want them for your purposes in your home or in the future of the pods <laughs> and the environment of the pods as you are using it in the pod itself. <laughs> That's right, Claire. I know you laugh, but this is AI. This is the future, okay? You need to be careful of the robots because this is what yes, we're capable of. Yes, I've been saying that they've for a They've got this time. and they've got that robot that can do a backflip and then that one that Elon Musk made that sucks, <laughs> which I love. Have you seen his shitty robot? I have. Hate to bring you it know why I've again. seen it? Yeah. Because you've shown it to me. Because I'm like, look at this piece of shit. <laughs> in the middle of the ranch. And he's like, don't worry, it's not going to be strong enough to overpower you. That thing can barely fucking stand, idiot. I'm not worried it's going to, I'm worried it's going to fall over and then I'm going to trip over it. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> oh, oh, I love um, a man who overpromises and underdelivers constantly. Yeah, me too. I love a man. I know you do, Claire. <laughs> Have you ever, have you ever led no. it from this podcast? If anything, you under-promise and over-deliver. <laughs> yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah, then I'm constantly in awe. I, I'm constantly pe- yeah. surprised that's and true. delighted. People are like, look at this that's guy. That's the key. That's the key to it. Yeah. Hey, on another note, I gave myself a mullet yesterday. I was not having a good day. It's not a mullet, a Claire. Hair, but I'm feeling better about it today. Are you? I couldn't sleep last night. I was like lying in bed. I kept waking up, hating my hair. Is that normal? I don't know. I think so. I was like crying at 3 a.m. over my hair. Mm, I don't know. know. It's maybe also just stressful because then I have to get photos taken and a video thing. Why don't you have a tinny with me? You'll loosen up. Have a tinny (laughs) like I do. I'm starting to think maybe I should. Maybe I should just loosen up a little. Just have a tinny, mate. Stop drinking some. What's a tinny? It's tinny's a beer. It's a can of beer. You don't even like beer. You think beer's a conspiracy. I'm having a beer right now, Claire. I'll tell you that much. I'm a normal man. Anyway, do you have a letter this way? I certainly do. Um, The letter is from Carlo Barueto. All right. Hi, Claire and James. My name is Carlo. I'm 27 years old and am from San Francisco. Sick. I have been listening to that delightful, smelly old podcast, The Weekly Planet, since 2014 and haven't missed an episode since. I started listening to the Suggestible Podcast in the beginning of 2020. I'm going to say it how I always do. 2020. <laughs> I don't know why. I just really enjoy saying like Which that. Which I think is, quite frankly, too much enthusiasm for what was a terrible year. Oh, my gosh. It was such a terrible year. I'm, I worry, though, that it's not the low point. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It was a bad year, but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there might be other Could ones. always be worse. Anyway, oh, God. This is what freaks me out as well. When people listen back in time, people were listening to Suggestible before all of it, the pandemic and yeah. everything happened. Good God. So if you're listening to us from the future, may you be okay. Yeah. P- please, God. May you be may, all right. Hopefully Elon Musk has saved us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Good. Excellent. Um, anyway, back to uh, Carla's letter. It's been such a delight to hear you both banter, show love, and silly madness throughout the episodes, and listening to Suggestible is one of the highlights of our week, so thank you, guys. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. I highly recommend the Netflix doco series, Last Chance You Basketball. Oh, I saw this, yeah. It is about this underdog community college basketball team in East LA in 2019. It explores the lives of the players and the coach who come from incredibly different backgrounds with basketball as a positive outlet, and is such a powerful watch for both basketball and non-basketball fans. 
Thank you again. And many bing bongs to you both. Thank you. Carlo. I do love a basketballs. You know what I mean? A basketball documentary. I do like a sports documentary. Did you watch the, the one? I'm a normal man. I, of course I watched the Jordan one. But uh, everybody in the world did. But on top of that, I'm a normal man who likes normal things. No, you're not. You don't like basketball. I do like basketball. I literally played basketball for like a decade. I'm not very good. You didn't enjoy it though. I'm always doing a big dunk. I'm always like, get ready, everybody. <laughs> get ready for the wind up, I say. You run. Around the court, like you just you you have to be. You've never even seen me play basketball. I've seen you play basketball. I'm quick. You're not terrible. I'm like a whippet, Claire. Yeah, I know, but you can't shoot. (laughs) (laughs) I used to be a really good three point shot. All right, I'm not very good now, but I used to be better. You're very quick on your legs, though. I am. Your little frog legs. I am. Actually, uh, they're not so froggy anymore because you do so much f45. That's true, but I um. You're a very physically fit man. You're an inspiration, as the young people at the gym <laughs> keep telling you. You know what I'm like? <laughs> like Nothing worse. I'm I'm like definitely yours. like stronger than what I used to be, like without a doubt. Mm-hmm. But I'm my like speed sucks now. Ooh. Like I was like doing like track running at the gym the other day with like a guy who was like 15 years younger than me, and I'm like, I'm gonna fucking blitz this guy. He <laughs> killed me, and he wasn't even like. He didn't even look fit because I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm lifting, I'm outlifting him, I'm doing chin-ups, I'm flying. I'm like, I'm going to fucking crush this guy. He killed me, Claire. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Yeah. So, you know, that's, oh, what, that's where I'm at. Mate, Maybe I just need to practice. I don't run that much, to be fair. Maybe no. I am the best runner in the world. And you just don't know. Well, yeah. like Gina Davis, who's like, didn't know she was an Olympic archer. That's right. I could be just like Gina Davis. I could win an Olympic medal for running. I don't think she won a medal. <laughs> I think she just got to the Olympic level. She said what she liked about it was that it's not ambiguous. It's just like, did you get the points? Yes. Good. You win. What sports are ambiguous? Well, she said like in her career, everything's subjective. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. you know, like figure skating is subjective. So yeah, it's, it's about the judges and what they think of you. Remember they outlawed that flip, that forward flip or whatever? Don't remember. They're like, that's too sure. dangerous and whatever. And it was probably racism also. Remember oh. that? Oh, I don't remember. But that sounds like something that would happen. So that in a sports documentary, which is a thing that I do. <laughs> uh, anything else, Claire? Oh, can we- yes, we can finish. Oh, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who bought a ticket. To the live show. Oh, yeah, it's done now, Melbourne. isn't it? It's sold out. I maybe should have done a bigger venue because now I have a wait list. How many Including your wait people list? like your dad. Wow, he should have got in earlier. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, thank you so much to everyone who booked a ticket. And um, the album's coming out on the Telefair, but I'll be releasing some singles coming out. December, James is like painfully annoyed at having to listen to me talk about it. I'm not painfully I'm annoyed. I'm proud of you, Claire. Thank you. I'm making a video clip. We're doing exactly. The anyway, so that's all coming out sort of December, January. If you're overseas, not in Melbourne, obviously you can't go to the live show anyway. No. Um, but the musical will be available from my website as a digital download and on Spotify. And I might even do another show, I think. Yeah, and maybe a vinyl. And I, right? Yeah, and I'm going to do a pre-order of vinyl but when I, I get should, myself organised. And you should wait till you hear the music because maybe you're like, this sucks. Well, this is and the thing. Just, I'm not announcing a second show until <laughs> I start releasing some music because <laughs> people could really hate it and they'd yeah. be like, what do you got? You'd hate that, wouldn't you? I don't think that's going to be the case, but what if it is? <laughs> what if it is? No, nah, it'll be fine. And that's okay as well. I've made it and that's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right, it's time to go. Are you going to watch Thank the new you. Black Panther? Yeah. I don't know. No, you're not. No, I'm not. I've got too many things to watch. I need to watch. No, I do need to watch it. I've heard it's really good. I Well, I liked it, uh, but it's not like 
the story's kind of all over the place and it kind of drags because it's like way too long. Mm-hmm. But it does it does grief really well. Yeah. Because obviously the central element of that movie is dead. Oh, it's so uh, sad. And so they, they work oh, that in and just. so sad. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Yeah. No, he was brilliant. Boo. Yeah. So, no, I I will. I also have, I've got to watch a few things as well. New season of Dairy Girls. Oh, yeah. White Lotus. You've got to watch season. Andor. Andor. Um, yes. What's that again? It's oh, the Star, Star Wars, Wars thing. Definitely not watching It's that. actually incredible, Claire. Is it? Yes. Is it actually out? I thought you got early episodes. I do. Something. I have the last episodes. <gasps> uh, yeah. So um, I got them early for some Wowza. reason. I don't know why. I don't know because you make a channel all about it. Yeah, I know, but it's not like I'm uh, on any lists or actively trying. I don't for know, anything. man. I don't know why they <laughs> send them out. I guess they. I don't know. They're also releasing them on um, free to wear TV. Do you reckon it's because it's really good? No, uh, yes, but I also think it's not pick, picking up any traction because uh, it's okay. called Andor, and people are like, "Who's that?" And they're like the guy from Rogue One, and they're like, "What?" So, like, normal people are like, we don't know what this is. Well, that was what I just Exactly. Did. But if you were, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi show, you'd be like, no, I get that. Yeah. You know, but Andor, it's like, who is this? But it's it's incredible. It's the best Star Wars uh, thing they've made what? in, like, 40 years. Which is kind of sad that they buggered up the name. Yeah, they should have called it All Star Wars Time. <laughs> best all Star the, Wars. All the characters you love are back. Han Solo's not in it, but he's good. But, yeah, they could call it that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Cool. All All right. right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.